Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Thomas Welch, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, pretty much what everyone's been talking about today, specifically. Um, That's what we're going to lead off the show with, so you got to stick around and see what that is. Um, But we're also going to talk about the World Series a little bit. I know we touched on that earlier, but... uh, did come to a conclusion last night, uh, so we're going to touch on that a little bit just because big sports news, um, but also touch on the fact that L.A. is kind of becoming a powerhouse in the terms of sports world. Uh, so we'll get into that, and then we're going to finish it off with just some normal free agency talk. Um, I've got a couple sleepers that I think the Blues, maybe they're interested in, maybe they're not, but they might be good fits for our team. Um, So make sure you guys tune in for that too. But I do want to remind everybody listening that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for their brand new delicious flavors. You'll get 20% off your next order. Now, let's get into the new Dallas Stars jerseys. They call them the blackouts. So they're all black with neon green stripes. And they got a they got a they got the logo with the Dallas Star in it and the state of Texas surrounding it. Now a lot of people around the league are saying, "Oh, they look like they're going to a rave, like laser tag show." Didn't realize they were they were the new expansion team for the laser tag league. All this stuff, and I get it. Like they're loud, they're kind of obnoxious. Um, they look like pretty much every twelve year old's like EASHL team on NHL twenty, NHL eighteen what have you. Uh, they look like they're sponsored by Monster. I get it. You can throw all the memes out there that you want. Um, that being said, we have, the Blues had the clown jerseys, right? A lot of those 90s jerseys. The Anaheim Ducks jerseys. Iconic. One of the like most storied jerseys in the league, right? Purple and teal. Who thinks of that combination? You know? It's like, you gotta get creative when it comes to this stuff because otherwise, like, uh, all of like the the color combinations that are like appealing to the eye and like aesthetic and all of that stuff have been done before, you know. So you gotta find something new, uh, something wavy, something to get the fans hyped and something to get people excited about. And I feel like neon green on a black base against the white ice is gonna absolutely pop. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be fast. Um, and that's kind of like what we've like, that's a, that's what a lot of people want with this league, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time in guys like interviews. We don't want cookie cutter interviews. We don't want guys like saying shit that's going to end up in the tabloids, you know? It's like football. We, we see those quotes like plastered everything where from like OBJ, right? Um, all over the timeline and people talk about them nonstop because they're superstars. There's no reason that the NHL can't mimic that. There's no reason that the NHL superstars, a guy like Nathan McKinnon is not boring. A guy like Connor McDavid, one of the generational talents of our league, is not boring. Um, other guys across the league, Ryan O'Reilly playing guitar, buying guitars for kids. Like These aren't boring players by any means. But the fact that the NHL does such a poor job of 
marketing them. Um, and they don't really help themselves out in their press conferences because they've been trained to give these cookie cutter answers most of the time that keep them safe, keep them out of the news and uh, keep them securing their bag as opposed to like, I don't know, getting coined as like a, as a problem. Um, Cause even we saw Ryan O'Reilly get coined as that in Buffalo and that's why they, they got him out of there. And they shipped him out for chump change, and now we're reaping the benefits. So it's, it's stuff as simple as that. Like, I feel like um, maybe this isn't like the building, like the building block of like excelling this league to a state where the NFL is, but it's a step in the right direction, I think, because you look at like like a team like uh, the Los Angeles Rams completely redid their uniforms, and a lot of people said they looked terrible, and I'd probably have to agree with them. But at the same time. They're very modern. They're very loud. Um, and it really kind of like takes center stage and builds a brand around you, you know? You could say the same thing for the new Atlanta Falcons jerseys with the gradient. Like no one's really ever done that before on a football jersey. Uh, but they did. And I and you can you can say what you want about those ones as well. But I think they're fantastic um, for the time being. And the thing is, those things age very well because people know exactly like the time frame of when those jerseys came around, sometimes even the exact year. Because they're so iconic and they're so different from everything else that they've done before that they stick out, you know. And I feel like Dallas is, was kind of going for that. I know a lot of people wanted the Mooderist to come back. I was right there with you. I think that I think that logo is um, not only cool and like it's very like retro, but it's just it's very different. Um, and I think it's very Dallas as well. So that would have been cool to see. And I know a lot of people wanted to see the Brett Hole uh, like star embedded into the fabric of the jersey. Um, like the one that Brett Hull wore uh, when he was with Dallas. I think that would have been sweet as well. Um, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, they can still do a reverse retro, right? So there's still potential for those to happen. Um, but yeah, I really think uh, the, the black with the neon, I mean, we, we've seen neon green in like Seahawks before, but in terms of like other like i mean maybe like the seattle sounders but other than that like there's not a lot of professional teams that use neon green so i think just by that regard alone they're already setting themselves apart but they're also showing off their creativity um showing off and we also trying to like bring the whole entire state of texas into dallas and really kind of commit to the dallas stars as their team and i think that's a very good idea for their brand um and their marketing team as well. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, personally, I think they're sweet. I think they're chic. I think they're new age. And like I said, I think they're going to age uh, very well. And a lot of people in a couple years down the line will look up back fondly on these uniforms as opposed to some other uniforms in the past. But that being said, uh, we're going to go to a quick word from our sponsors real fast. And then we'll be right back uh, with some World Series talk. So stay tuned. All right, so last night, Los Angeles Dodgers defeated Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 3-1 to one and won themselves their first World Series since 1988. Uh, Corey Seager 
won the World Series MVP. Uh, Justin Turner uh, tested positive for COVID during the game. Uh, was told to isolate, went to the locker room, came back out to celebrate with his team, kissed his wife on the lips. It's a whole lot of chaos going on. Um, I still think it's strange that Mookie Betts didn't win MVP. I thought that was a shoe-in. Josh and I talked about that uh, on yesterday's episode. Um, so that's a little strange to me. I, I guess Corey Seager had a good series as well. Uh, but Mookie Betts uh, g- got the game uh, or the go-ahead run in the sixth inning um, on a Corey Seager infield grounder, but Mookie Betts booked it home um, and got there. I believe he had a home run as well. Um, but so now we've seen the Lakers win the NBA championship in the NBA finals, um, and we've seen the LA Dodgers win the World Series. Uh, so it's honestly, can, are we getting to the point where LA is becoming a city that's city of champions? If Josh were here, I'm sure he'd be pissed about that. Good old Boston boy, uh, because they love that title over there. But, I mean, you've got LeBron on the Lakers now. Who knows how long he's going to stay there. But, I mean, if he stays there, I could see him getting two to three more. Um, Maybe one to two is probably a little bit safer. But the Dodgers look like an absolute powerhouse. Um, Just Mookie Betts and all the talent that they have over there. I mean, uh, people had them touted. I mean, we even had them as one of the World Series favorites from the beginning of the season. And so I, I think you can make the argument. I think the Kings are still a little bit a ways away. Uh, but drafting Quentin Byfield definitely helps their chances. Holy shit. That guy's an absolute monster. He's going to be a star in this league. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch for sure. But what's not going to be fun to watch is now that the World Series is over, um, the off season starts for the Cardinals. Um, not to t- not to step on locked on Cardinal shoes here a little bit, but I did see on my Twitter timeline today, like just a couple minutes ago, actually, uh, at the time of this recording, that Colton Wong, uh, that the Cardinals will not be picking up his option, so he's going to be a free agent along with Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, a dynamic duo who has who have honestly been pretty much the face of this franchise uh, for the entire time that they've been together. I mean, you look at the stats for, like, starts between them among catchers and pitchers. I mean, as of uh, September 5th, just the one that I'm looking at right off the top of the dome uh, from a Google search, uh, they teamed up together 270 times and only six other combinations of pitchers and catchers uh, have 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 bonded that or teamed up that many times in the history of the sport. So that just goes to show the impact that both of those have on this team when they're both starting. Um, And just besides that fact, I mean, you look around that locker room at like all of these young guys, all these young pitchers, the first guy I feel like they go to when they're asking for advice on pitches or grips or anything like that is Adam Wainwright. Probably the second guy is Yadier Molina because he's been back there so long. Like he might as well be a pitcher himself. And people, people say that like pitching to Yadier Molina has like a direct impact on how well you're doing based on his framing, uh, based on based on his blocking, and all of those things. You you don't have to be scared to throw a pitch in the dirt. You don't have to be scared to miss a spot by a centimeter uh, because he's always going to have your back and he's also going to call the pitches. Uh, that is going to lead your team to win most of the time. So uh, the fact that those two are going to be free agents is a little uh, concerning for 
St. Louis fans as a whole, especially after losing Petrangelo. Uh, I know I know Blues fans are probably still upset about that. Still hurts me seeing him wear that mustard yellow jersey. Uh, it's painful, and I I feel like if we lose Petrangelo, and Vince Dunn is still RFA too, so he could be gone. Yadier Molina. Adam Wainwright, and now a gold glover in Colton Wong, who's still in like pretty much the prime of his career. I mean, we've seen him get better every single season. Um, that just that just doesn't sit right with me, you know. Especially in a in a in an owner and John Mozeliak who's so <sighs> penny pinching. I guess he never wants to spend in, spend in free agency, and always wants to give like cheaper guys the chance or find like a bottom of the barrel guy who's going to way outperform his contract, like Jed Jerko did uh, for like one season. Um. But yeah, dude. Like, there's not. I know a lot of people want Arenado. I know a lot of people want Springer. I don't want Springer just because anyone associated with that Astros team kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Um, but I don't think you can deny the fact that his bat in our lineup would be an absolute weapon, and a weapon that this team's, I mean, pretty much missing. Besides, outside of Paul Goldschmidt, we really don't have any guys um, in our roster who are just lights out, gonna hit the shit out of the ball. Uh, like George Springer does. And along with that, Arenado kind of like cleans up your defense too, you know? And I know we've got Nolan Gorman waiting in the wings at third base, so maybe that might not be a good idea. But he's only, from what I'm, he's like 20 years old, right? Like he's still gonna, he's he's still gotta, you still gotta give the guy time to develop. And the last thing you wanna do, especially this offseason, after watching Randy Rosarena tear it up, is trade a prospect <laughs> for. I guess Arenado or anybody, and have the same situation repeat itself, because I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but that was like every time it just felt like a dagger, like just digging it deeper in, like we talked about yesterday, stick it through the eye. Um, it just felt terrible every time. Every time he hit a dinger, every time he got on base, every time he scored and runs, I'm like, God, that would have looked good in a Cardinals jersey. Would have looked so good. Much better than the outfielders that we have right now. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's a business. And John Mozeliak's getting paid the big the big bucks um, to coordinate this team and put themselves in a winning position and stay in a winning position uh, for the majority of the time. He's been pretty good at it. Um, the problem is a winning position and actually contending for uh, like a World Series and a and a championship are two different very are two very different things um and i think that's kind of the difference in a similar in a similar way that's the that's the kind of route that the blues are going right now like i feel like they're a bubble team not really a bubble team um they'll probably make the playoffs but i don't know if they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs and i feel like we can we can make the same argument for the cardinals dating back even when they uh, when they got knocked out in the NLCS, like I don't think anyone even really expected them to get there, and then once they did get there, like it was no chance. It was it was night and day, like the two teams that were playing in that series. So I think the Cardinals have a lot of <laughs> moves to make before they actually become like a championship contender, like the Dodgers. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, they got that Cardinals devil magic too that people always talk about. Um, so maybe one of our prospects figures it out. Maybe Dylan Carlson comes up um, next year or continues his career with us next year um, and just absolutely lights it up because he was putting a lot of uh, 
exit velocity on the balls that he was hitting. They, a lot of them just were right at people or just not dropping. Um, so that could very well be an option. I don't think it's a likely option, but it's possible. Like it's the same thing. It's basically the same thing between both these car- these St. Louis teams, you know. There's just a lot of question marks. They do have the veterans there, so that's good. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is about a veterans pro as you can get. Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina. Obviously, they're free agents, but I, I, I it would be hard. I, I'd be hard pressed to see them walk away. To see them walk away from this team and this team walk away from them. Uh, I just don't see that happening, given everything that those two have been through with this franchise and everything that this fran- or that they've done for this franchise. Uh, if they don't retire Cardinals, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore because <laughs> I thought Petra was going to re- retire blue. So it's it's the same conversation. That's why I'm having this conversation. I'm just trying to draw like compare and contrast similarities between the two teams uh, and kind of give maybe people that are watching this that are more Cardinals fans, um, give them an idea of what this Blues team is going through because maybe they'll understand better. Because you look at a guy like I'm really the decisions by both owners. Like Doug Armstrong has had to make difficult decisions too. You know. Like getting rid of, I mean, we, we talk about two captains in four years. That's a lot of a lot of owners in the NHL. I feel like would be afraid to make that move. And the fact that um, Doug said, "Screw it, I believe in this team, and I feel like we'll be okay with another captain." And I feel like he's asking for too much money and all this stuff. Like I, I get, I like coming down from the heat of it now. I understand it's like it's like a business and everything and all that stuff. I don't have to like it. I still disagree with the move. Um, but in terms of cap, cap space, this does give you more flexibility, I suppose. But it's also putting a lot more press on the younger guys to perform. But at any rate, what I'm trying to say here is difficult decisions were made in the Blues offseason when they decided to move on from Alex Petrangelo. Difficult decisions now have to be made in the Cardinals offseason whether or not they'll move on from a dynamic tandem that's been in your organization for 10, 15 years and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And also your only, well, not only gold club player, because I guess Harrison Bader, but a guy like Colton Wong uh, plays the majority of the time. He's not going to get cycled out. Like, like, I mean, most of our outfielders see like a drop in their playing time just because we have so many of them. You got to get guys in. Um, but, I mean, Colton Wong's a guy that should be in there every day. And he brings that gold glove defense with him every single day. He's got it on his shoes, telling himself every single day, be a gold glove player. Um, I feel like he's done a lot better job in these past seasons of hitting for contact as opposed to just swinging for the fences every time. Sometimes he still swings for the fences. But I think everybody has to swing for the fences sometimes, you know. And not to get all philosophical on you guys here because that's not what this is about. Although I do think that is good advice. Sometimes you got to swing for the fences. So if you're listening to this right now and you're sitting on the fence about a decision, swing for the fences. But <laughs> at any rate, um, I feel like a Colton Wong's a viable part of this team as well. And I don't think it should go underestimated the impact that he has on this team because in games where he's not playing, it's I feel like it's obvious there's a glaring hole uh, where he was. I genuinely don't feel like I know uh, Mosellock really loves his kind of flavor of the week players that you can just kind of pick up off the off the waiver wire or what have you in free agency. Um, 
and just kind of slot them in there and be like, oh, like we can replace them for way less money. But I genuinely don't think Colton Wong is a player that you can replace with a flavor of the week. And speaking of flavors of the week, let me tell you guys about Built Bar's new cookies and cream. It has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy who can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for a keto diet, and they're not expensive at all. But they're even less expensive for our listeners because you can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Let me repeat that. Go to BuiltBar.com immediately and use promo code Locked On, all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off the most delicious protein bar you've ever had in your life. I guarantee it. Tell them I sent you, BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right, all right. I get it, I get it, I get it. Stop yelling at me. I'll tell you who my favorite picks, player-wise, who I think would be good fits for the Blues in terms of free agency. Right after this break. All right, folks, we're coming into the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. But before we go... Uh, let's go over these free agents real fast. So, free agents in my mind, I think fits the Blues' style of play. Um, I think right off the top of the dome, you got to start with Arizona, actually. Uh, I feel like Carl Soderberg. Uh, I get he's 34, so it's kind of up there in the years. But I think on like a one-year deal, kind of like what Pat Maroon did. Uh, he had 17 goals and 35 points in 70 games last season. He's kind of like a two-way guy that you don't really have to rely on. Uh, offensively or defensively, like in terms of picking one, he's going to bring both assets to the team. And I think a guy like that in that role on like a one-year deal could uh, could bode really, really well for this uh, Blues team, as we've seen in the past, like I said, with Pat Maroon. Um, another guy, kind of more of an outlier here because there would be have to be a lot of things to happen to get this done. But if you're looking for a sniper whose name isn't Mike Hoffman, Victor Olofsson is an RFA, and it sounds like he's not anywhere close on negotiations with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so maybe that's an option in terms of trading for his rights because he's an absolute sniper. They call him Victor Golovson for a reason. He's only 25 years old. So if you're concerned about Vladimir Tarasenko's health, if you're concerned about the goal-scoring production, if you're concerned about the power play production of this Blues team, that could potentially be an option. Um if you're not going Victor Olofsson, Mike Hoffman is obviously an option. Uh, probably the best option still available on the market in terms of snipers. The problem is most likely he's too expensive right now, but he solidifies the top six for the St. Louis Blues. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people are gung-ho on bringing him in. Um, if he comes down in his numbers, I think we said this a couple episodes ago. Uh, but if he comes down in his numbers and lowers his asking price, I feel like uh, Doug Armstrong is going to be one of the first guys uh, to pop up on his caller ID. So we'll see what happens with that. I would like to see the Blues maybe add one more piece, but who knows. Um, and to top it off, uh, we talked about this yesterday, but Anthony Duclair, 
Uh, 40 points in 66 games last season. Was an all-star. Uh, brings that two-way capability, capability and that physicality to this Blues team. Uh, who's always been known for their defense, but needs offensive production now. And I feel like he's kind of a sleeper guy that went off last season. A lot of people maybe didn't expect him uh, to go off like he did, but it, could this be a trend in more production or was that just an outlier year? Who's to say, but it's definitely worth a look into. Um, I think that's going to cap it all off for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Blues. You can follow uh, Locked On Cardinals for more World Series talk if you're so inclined to that. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15, but as always, let's go blues.